This is the Free Flow Podcast, a media production of Free Flow Institute. I'm Chandra Brown, founder and director of Free Flow Institute. And this autumn, we are bringing you profiles of three women, all of them past Free Flow scholars who are doing imaginative and novel work in the world. In this triad of episodes, something we're calling the Wild Innovation Series, we'll dive into their stories and motivations, and we'll see how wild places inspire their missions. We hope you enjoy season three of the Free Flow Podcast. In this second episode of the Wild Innovation Series, we'll travel up to the Blackfeet Indian Reservation in Montana, adjacent to Glacier National Park. There we'll meet Leilani Upham. Leilani is a journalist, filmmaker, community organizer, mother, grandmother, and entrepreneur. And what she's built up in Northwestern Montana, a company and collaborative called Iron Shield Creative, is truly unique in the outdoor and creative spaces. And she's laying the groundwork for cross-cultural learning outside and in community. We're proud to share Leilani's story here on the Free Flow Podcast. On a sweltering morning in early July, a group gathers near two large teepees on the Blackfeet Reservation in northwestern Montana. Forty Mile Creek trickles in the background, flowing downstream toward its confluence with the Two Medicine River. We are at Red Eagle Tribal Campground, just outside Glacier National Park. These people, perhaps 20 in total, are here to listen to stories, to learn about language, and to go on a cultural storytelling hike with a unique collaborative called Iron Shield Creative. This gathering is possible because of a grant from Humanities Montana, part of a nationwide humanities-driven celebration of the 250th anniversary of the signing of this country's founding documents. It's an effort to uplift the seldom-heard, non-dominant narratives that define our history, culture, and future. We are all here to learn from four Blackfeet story guides, to immerse ourselves in landscape, language, and history, guided by the people who know this place best. Okay, welcome to the Akapitabeni homelands. Really glad that you guys all made that decision to come join us and be here with us. This is Leilani Upham. She's an enrolled member of the Blackfeet tribe and a descendant of the Ani, Nakoda, and Dakota tribes. Leilani founded Iron Shield Creative, a company that leads storytelling hikes through traditional Amskapi-Pakani, or Blackfeet, territory. She's welcoming a group of hikers who will join her for a day of learning and exploring on her ancestral homelands. Throughout this episode, you'll hear people refer to Leilani's tribe as both Amskapi-Pakani and Blackfeet. Amskapi-Pakani is the name the tribe traditionally calls itself. The settler name for the tribe is Blackfeet. We're hoping that you all have like a really enjoyable and memorable time with us. And, um, and we're just uh, really blessed that we have these amazing folks from our community that have come on board to share our history, our stories, our ways of knowing, and um, our understanding, our, our worldview that is a lot of the times misunderstood and also um, stereotype and so this is kind of the reason behind pushing forward with Iron Shield Creative. I met Leilani in 2019 
when she participated in a Free Flow Institute course for journalists in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. She came to Free Flow as a working journalist, but it was clear then that she was feeling pulled in a different direction. At the trailhead on her first day out, before the cohort began a through hike of the Black Canyon of the Yellowstone River, Leilani offered a blessing that has stuck with me ever since. She suggested we walk through this new landscape without fear of the other beings here. As she spoke, I realized, suddenly embarrassed, that we'd spent the entire evening before discussing how to stay safe in grizzly territory. She suggested, too, that perhaps we begin to think about what we call natural resources as simply sources. Sources of everything we need. Energy, sustenance, vitality, and joy. Leilani says the free flow experience was transformative for her. She says it served as sort of a springboard, encouraging her to realize her own dream of starting a business that allows Indigenous people to share their stories on their ancestral homelands, which she did in 2021. And I really felt I always wanted to do something like that, not really writing, but just getting out on our landscape and um, doing some kind of workshops that will bring a person to more of an understanding. So that's kind of how it happened. Part of FreeFlow's mission is to take creative learning outside to help people feel the elemental power of wild spaces. Leilani is doing just that in a way that reflects her unique connection to the land as an indigenous woman. Since she started the company last year, she's led well over a dozen hikes. People find out about her through word of mouth, Instagram, and flyers she hangs around Glacier National Park. Her clients are diverse, of all ages and backgrounds, and today, multiple generations are represented, the youngest of whom you'll hear in the background, often, as Leilani speaks. A lot of the storytelling that we're doing in history is based on the, the uh, Apscopi Bugani here um, on this homeland. Leilani was a storyteller long before she started Iron Shield Creative. She worked as a print and photojournalist, and she taught journalism and filmmaking at tribal colleges. Her idea for Iron Shield Creative started with a dream and a vision way back in 2003. It was one of those really vivid dreams that you have. I've never really had a vision, but it was a real vision, and it never left me. And, and um, baby, that dream kind of came, al came alive, and what was what was in, in my dream was the Inni. The Inni is our buffalo. For the Blackfeet people, the buffalo has always been an important symbol of resilience. When colonizers moved into Amskapi-Bakani territory, they killed off the buffalo, in part to cut off the people from an important food source and cultural symbol. You know, without the Inni, no Blackfoot. Because that is so ingrained in who we are in so many ways, not just clothing, not just food, but ceremonial-wise and identity-wise. You know, that was the area that Creator gave us because our creation story, we came from this area. And so our land base was actually what you, what we called the Nitawas, is that right? The um, land where the, where the Inni live. The land where the Inni live. That was where we identified kind of our, our gift, where we lived, where we went. And is it the Nitawasan, the people of the land where the Inni live? That's what we called ourselves. That's how we identified who we were, our are. Leilani says the vision of the buffalo helped her acknowledge her lifelong passion for sharing traditional stories of the land that her people have lived on for generations. So I grew up here 
on the Scott B. Bugani homelands and not too far from here, the other side of these mountains, my grandmother had a place out there and you could see the beautiful mustakis and the nice, um, just like picturesque backyard of hers. And so I would wander around and, and just kind of, you know, think about the, the old ways, old ones, because my grandfather, he would tell our stories and our history, he kept it alive in us. So I'd wander around and kind of think about it. Maybe I would tell a story to one of my cousins. Leilani's grandfather's Blackfeet name was Iron Shield. She named her business after him. Leilani continued his tradition of storytelling outside, even when she was far from home. And then after um, I moved away, joined the military, moved away, and then lived on the East Coast, had children, and then we would go to like state parks or public lands, and I would take them hiking, and then I would tell them stories. The tradition of hiking and sharing stories about the land is central to everything Leilani does. One of the things I really realized is that I had been doing this sort of thing throughout my lifetime. And Leilani says the way she tells the stories on her hikes is the way her people have been sharing stories since time immemorial. And our way of telling the stories is always oral traditional a way where it's handed down from generation to generation. You honor that story by carrying it in the way that it was told. Today, we've gathered to take part in that tradition. At Red Eagle Campground, the event gets started in a circle near the teepees, where Leilani and her fellow storytellers share stories, songs, and Blackfeet language. Leilani's company is community-based, and everyone who works for her is indigenous, mainly Blackfeet. Leilani also works with mentors, elders, and knowledge keepers within the community to build her business. She tells participants that collaborating with other Indigenous people is central to her purpose. And the team is really uh, amazing folks, very humble, very knowledgeable, and um, great leaders within our community as well. So um, I just wanted to build it up to make it like a platform for our folks, you know, our community to. To get, to get paid, to kind of go out and tell, because we're right here at Glacier National Park, and a lot of folks don't even know that that's our ancestral homeland. The majority of the folks in this circle aren't from here. Some are from bigger communities across the state. Some are from other reservations. There's a teacher from nearby Browning on Blackfeet territory, who's here with her full-grown son. He says he wants to learn more about where he comes from to learn more about his place in the world. We always um, like to start in a good way, and I'm going to actually hand it over to Jesse DeRosier to begin our day and, um, and share with you his self. Sure, thank you. <laughs> thank you for allowing us to be here. Okay, next so quick. Jesse DeRosier is a Blackfeet language speaker and teacher and a story guide with Iron Shield Creative. Jesse is fluent in Blackfeet and is helping to revitalize the tribe's language. Today, there aren't many fluent speakers. That's because the federal government, the Catholic Church, and other settlers tried to force the Amskapi Pakani to give up their culture and language using violence and manipulation. Today, Jesse teaches and shares his language with the eloquence of a scholar and plenty of humor. What I was saying in Mandarin Chinese? No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome you all to Blackfoot country. 
you know, um, like people, as Elani mentioned, we've been here since time immemorial. Um, my Blackford name is Asinate. That's what the name I was given when I was three days old by my great-grandmother. She was over 105 years old. Beyond introducing the group to his language, Jesse talks about how, in his culture, language connects people to the land. So a lot of our practices come from observational research, you know, and the names that we call plants, animals, beings, come from that observation, that thousands of years of observation. So when we think about a language and how vital it is, it's not just a vernacular, it's not just a word-based system. It's knowledge within each word, it's protocols, it's procedures, and it's ability to understand and communicate with your environment, you know. It's a glimpse of the universe through that culture's perspective. So my people, we use that language to survive for thousands of years. Jesse then introduces Arlen Edwards. Arlen is a singer and a drummer. He's also a school counselor in Browning. I like singing. I've always been singing ever since I was a grasshopper. <laughs> um, I learned a lot from various people. And last, last yesterday there was a lady asked me, when did you start singing? I said, I don't even remember who. When I started or how I started, I just remember I was done it. song here is the Chief White Calf family song. Arlen says singing is another way that Blackfeet people connect to land. He also explains that there are a protocol for singing songs in his culture. Certain songs are for specific times and places, or singers have to earn the right to sing a song. Others are only sung at certain seasonal gatherings. The songs Arlen sings were passed down to him from elders and family. And although he's taken years to learn and understand his tribe's songs, he says there's always more to learn. After Arlen's song, Leilani shares another story about the land, indigenous lands that were stolen from her people, and who manages these lands today. The federally owned land in Glacier National Park and the adjacent national forest are on traditional Blackfeet territory. In the national forest south of the park is an area the Blackfeet refer to as the Seeded Strip, a swath of land the tribe wants to manage moving forward. Leilani tells the group how the U.S. government took that land from the Blackfeet by coercing them into signing treaties after killing off the Ini, the buffalo. She says it's unlikely that land within Glacier National Park will be returned to tribal management, but that there is a possibility that the Seeded Strip might be returned. What I was told is that the Glacier National Park, of course, will never buy ever, probably, but I don't ever want to believe ever. But he said that, you know, we'll never get that back because in his time frame, you know, there's there's like three million visitors. It brings in a lot of money for the government, right? So that's probably off. But what we do probably have a hope is to get that area back which is the Seated Strip, the southern part of the Seated Strip. Regardless, Leilani still wants to guide in the park as Iron Shield Creative. 
we can't get into the park as um, commercial Iron Shield Creative because they only do commercial hiking with only one company and that's Glacier Guides. I tried it and they told me I couldn't. Um, and so, yeah, that's just not right because we should definitely be able to be doing this right in the park, right? And, um, and getting paid, you know, um, and these tourists that millions of people that come through here, they need to know the lands that they're walking on and they need to know who borders, you know, we're not just browning that you go get gas, you know, or you eat over at casino. It's, um, there's more to that. She intends to work with the tribe's governing body to advocate for her right to lead hikes inside the national park. But today, the group packs up the cars and drives north along Two Medicine Lake, past the Two Medicine entrance to Glacier National Park. As the road opens up, jagged and striated peaks tower above two turquoise alpine lakes. Not long after leaving the campground, the cars pull into an unmarked dirt parking lot. At the trailhead, Leilani hops out of her van, dressed and ready for the trail. Everybody, I'm so excited. You all are here. I thought I'd do some folks. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to head up this uh, road right here. She's carrying trekking poles and bear spray and wearing a backpack, chaco sandals, sun gloves, and a hat embroidered with an illustrated Sasquatch. As a side project, Leilani and her cousin Carrie Lynn Bearchief have a YouTube channel called the Pecani Bigfoot Storytelling Project, where they interview people about their experiences with Sasquatch. But what we like to do when we first start is, um, is just to walk, you know, in your own way in silence and be mindful and um, mindful and really connecting to where you're at, you know, just kind of take in everything that you heard. Everyone spreads out as they walk up the trail toward Nine Mile Ridge. Not long after we start, we reach a clearing with a tremendous view of Glacier National Park and the seeded strip to the south. Jesse DeRosier offers some words about the land. You know, but in Blackfoot, we have no name for wilderness. We were always a part of the land. So that energy that's around you guys, soak it in, enjoy it. And, you know, it's good medicine to be, be in the outdoors. So enjoy it. That's about all I have for now. <laughs> we make it to a ridge. It's rocky, speckled with tundra wildflowers. Looking east, the group looks at where the mountains meet the eastern plains, rolling grasslands and sweetgrass. I like this spot right here because you could see kind of it almost like badlands sort of yeah, right there. Like yeah, and then you see like the the actual forest right here, and then the high elevation. Threatening dark clouds hover over the plains, not so far away. Leilani walks around quietly, observing the group. She leaves space for quiet reflection and curious conversations. I just wanted to mention this is um, uh, our tribal lands, and of course, you're, you're our guests, and so welcome. While Leilani is talking, lightning flashes just beyond the ridge. The threat of a thunderstorm on an exposed mountain ridgeline isn't something to take lightly. So Leilani suggests the group find a safe spot lower down on the trail, out of harm's way. 
The storm comes near the end of the day, so the timing is good for one final circle. Leilani offers a reflection, tying it all together to Iron Shield and to the future. But I just thought it was really appropriate for now, for today, for all of us, that we all come together in kind of a common, common ground and um, coming together for this, this time of sharing and listening and learning and um, educating, but most importantly, coming together as friends and just working together on um, moving forward to bring an understanding to um, the world out there as what you've learned, what you've felt here, what you've experienced here. So um, we went to go a little further. There's a lot of beautiful area along the ridge we we're going to take you, but as you drive along the road, it's just as beautiful to take that all in and uh, just remember what you heard here today. Leilani takes out her Bluetooth speaker and connects it to her iPhone. She plays a very special song, the Buffalo Stone Song, to close out the day in ceremony. Leilani recorded Chief Earl Old Person singing the Buffalo Stone Song back in 2019. She sat with him before her free flow course on the Yellowstone, she says, just as her dream was coming alive. Earl was Leilani's first mentor. And before he passed away in October 2021, Leilani shared with him her vision for Iron Shield Creative. Earl told her to go forward and bring it to fruition. Arlen Edwards, the story guide who sang at the start of our day with Iron Shield, is Earl's oldest grandson. Leilani says he was a father to the community, a great leader, and would always say in his Blackfeet language, try hard, never give up. The community mourns this loss, and playing the Buffalo Stone Song ensures that Chief Earl Oldperson is present on each and every hike. One of the hidden, I guess I could say, um, purposes of Iron Shield is everybody that comes through with us, that they find their identity and their connection to this natural world. Because really, no matter what, what place you come from, what language you originate from, Creator gave that to you. And um, there's so many stories from all over the world that all of us as human beings came from here, the earth. Thanks for tuning in to our Wild Innovation series. This third season of the Free Flow podcast is made possible by the Prop Foundation. Our theme music is by Nate Hedgie and Wartime Blues. Stephanie Malterich and Mary Ald produced this episode. For show notes and more on the people you meet, you can visit our website, freeflowinstitute.com. Please subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and for being a part of the Free Flow community. And until next time, get outside, do what feels good, and keep in touch.